0: Hey TCBs, I'm Ashley. And I'm Amanda. And this is a Shanda. No. No, no. Well, yes, yes. But, um. It's a allegedly. Sh- a Shanda does allegedly. It's a Shanda allegedly. Shanda Shand- allegedly. this a- is allegedly a Shanda. Shanda. It's allegedly. Oh my gosh. You know that really just fits in because a guy from work who listens, Hi John. Hello. Um he had said something to me. I don't know what we were talking about, but I'm pretty sure he complimented us. Boy, thank you. I, I think so. I think that's what happened. I don't remember. But I think he's like, you guys are just so, like, funny or something like that. And I'm like, well, you know, come for the true crime, stay for the comedy. I love it. It's perfect. It's It's exactly. Sometimes I feel like we're too much. Like, here we are talking about murder and we should be solemn, but (laughs) it's us. It's just just not how we roll, you know? It's just allegedly Ashanda. (laughs) It's exactly what it is. We try so hard not to, like, integrate Ashanda too much into this, and yet it's there. We just can't help it. I you know, it doesn't help when I've got no filter and things like last week happen like trick or treat motherfuckers. <laughs> Speaking oh of God. last week's um how do you think our opener was with the voices? Uh, how did I go western? How, how I don't know what you were. Hey, y'all. I don't know what happened. I we we said Halloween go evil and you turned into a ghoul from a Western. Dallas. I'm Okay, Debbie, take it down a few <laughs> notches. <laughs> we can't get away from Dallas. Needless to say, do you know what Tara said I sound like? She said I sound like this little old man from SpongeBob who's in a wheelchair. She showed me a the picture. Sperm. The old man's sperm. That's <laughs> really not appropriate for children. I've been putting I've been putting explicit on our podcast because <laughs> trick or treat motherfuckers. <laughs> no that old man in that wheelchair really does look like a sperm but he's married to like a real like i don't know fish person (laughs) like i think they're supposed to be people i think they're people i don't know i hate spongebob i I don't know it makes zero sense i'm pretty sure that spongebob just like kills brain cells i'm pretty sure it's intent it has a lot of adult humor in it everything does nowadays i don't everything listen ever watch shrek there are so many references to oh my inappropriate gosh. I love Shrek. I know. And my kids s- love Shrek. Yeah, there's so many inappropriate references. Okay. okay. That's not anyway. what this is about. Anyway. I do want to point out, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's noticed, have you noticed, Amanda? Can you be more Pacific? Pacific? Are you kidding me right now? I, Did you do that on purpose? Yes, I oh, say that God. on purpose all the time because it's because so funny. Because I was super, I was about ready to come across this. No, do you know how bathroom. funny it is when you're talking to somebody who doesn't know you very well and you say that and they look at you like, You're an idiot? You're so dumb. But really, I'm not dumb because I knew what I was doing. I mean, sometimes I'm like, Are you are, are you for cereal? Oh my God, I say that too. For cereal? For cereal? Yeah. But I mean, that's different. Pacific and specific. I can't write that. <laughs>
1: That's too well much. what
0: do no. i not what do I not know? Have you noticed our drop time? I changed our drop time no to what i'm gonna tell you right now twelve o one a m drop time on Fridays was killing me because twelve's an even number, so <laughs> we're still dropping in the morning on fridays one a m one thirteen a m and so <laughs> Of course we are. Of course we are. If I really had it my way, it would be 1.13 p.m. because then it'd be 13.13. 13. Yeah. Military time. Yep. But I we want this in the mornings yes. because people yeah. listen to this on the way to work, I think. All over the world, people listen to it. Yeah. So, so we'd be dropping it in the a.m.s. We'd be dropping it? Okay. We'd, be, <laughs> we'd be. We'd be dropping that. All right. Dropping it like it's hot. I mean... Not me. I'm too old, so I sit down like it's warm. (laughs) Same, (laughs) you know. Same. So, oh gosh. Well, Um, I do. Oh, did you need to say something? I was just gonna ask our listeners if they, any of them, pray to any type of God or being. Yeah. Uh, My dad had a massive heart attack this past Monday. Mm. Uh, He's lucky to be alive. Mm -hmm. Um, But prayers are appreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You guys are more than welcome if you want to uh, pray or if you just want to send Amanda a little note, you can find us on Facebook. We get a lot of messages on there. Yes. Um, You're more than welcome to email us. We've got all our information in the show notes. There's many ways to locate us. We love hearing from our peeps, our alleged peeps. And, you know, recently a lot of kids from kids, they're my age, so I guess we're old now, but... (laughs) We went to high school together. So, a lot of them have started to listen and send messages now and I just think that's so cool. Oh, it's so cool. Hi little kids. Well, I mean, you're old now, but you know. <laughs> you be graying. Yes. We be dropping. I know. <laughs> you're trying so hard. It's It's gonna something's gonna stick, right? It's gonna yeah. yeah. All right. Eventually. So, but I do want to say we, we have James not in person where would he sit in this bathroom there's behind you in oh, this no in the in there in the what is that shower that's it he'd have to sit in there yeah no yep. i pre-recorded with him because i had i had some questions that he could answer gotcha. um so i'll fit him <sighs> in somewhere the fuck is pebble going on my jacket? what did you just say there said? was a fruity pebble <laughs> Oh, my God. You good? I'm good. You want to start the podcast? Yeah, let's do it. That's a great story. Can we talk about murder now? (laughs) So I am going to start this episode out by stating that when we created Allegedly, We did so, in fact, of wanting to cover true crime cases, not only because it's something that interests us, but also as a memorial to those who have lost their lives. We know that everyone has a different opinion or stance on, well, everything. Everything. Uh, But I think that I can speak both for Amanda and I in saying that when a case is controversial that comes out, like this one that we're going to be covering today... Uh, we're going to do our best to keep our opinions to ourselves. Right, right. You know, this yeah. just goes for any case that we do that touches on topics like gun tr- control, politics, abortion, vaccines, or sexuality, anything. Anything else. That's controversial. <laughs> because yeah. we believe that everyone has a right to freedom. Right. Um, and while we should be able to state our opinions without backlash or offending people. We know that's not the case. That's not realistic. No. No. Um, So with that being said, we're going to be talking at the end of this episode about this case. And when we get our final thoughts in, if we do say something that offends you, just know that we sincerely hope you realize that these are our thoughts. Um, I can't even guarantee that Amanda and I may agree, but it's probably likely. It's likely. Um, But we are not trying in any way to offend you or push our agenda onto you. Correct. So while I think that all murder stories should be told or covered, uh, if anything, just to serve as that memorial... Here at Allegedly, we decided that there are a lot of cases that we're going to refrain from covering due to the amount of coverage they already have. Such as. We had decided this when we were making plans to start the podcast. That was something from the beginning that we. The funny we thing were, is, we're going to be having the same exact conversation next week for we a will. different reason. We will. Uh, but, like, stories like Ted Bundy have been beaten to death. Really? I, is that pun intended? That's, I mean, he strangled people, not beat them. Uh, so unless there's, like, a new piece of evidence that's like, holy crap, nobody has this, then we're not doing it. Um, and it's just, like, the standard that we've set for ourselves in the way of serial killers. Yeah. If I am asked about a male or female murder, mass murder, or anything else related in the true crime world that has been covered so much without any new evidence, then we're not going to cover it. Well, um, if we do cover one that falls in that category, there there is a reason. With that being said... Today's topic is going to make everybody uncomfortable, especially those of parents. Of which we both are. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. let's hop into this. Okay. School shootings. Oh. When we think of this, our minds generally can go to one specific school shooting that has been seared into our minds. I could do more than one season full of school shootings. Oh, yeah. I know that for me, the April 20th, 1999 Columbine High School shooting was one that, st- that stuck for me. Um, I'm going to give you a piece of the story that impacted me without going too much into that case. Okay. Um, I'm also not going to be saying the shooter's names because that's not what this is about. Not at all. Uh, will we cover this case? Probably. I, I haven't felt Probably the need not. To, No. But... Mainly because it does fall into one of those well-known cases, but I don't know. If something comes up, I don't know. At this point, we're going to say no. It may change, but highly unlikely. So I was 14 years old when it happened. The story that I heard most about when the news broke was about Rachel Scott. Mm -hmm. She was the first victim of the shooters and to this day is considered to be a Christian martyr. For those who do not know, a martyr is someone who's killed for their beliefs And in Rachel's case, she died for her belief in Jesus Christ. According to Rachel's friend, Richard Castaldo, who unfortunately witnessed her murder, Rachel was shot three times while she sat outside the school in the grass eating lunch. After being shot, the shooters moved on until they saw her moving again. And they decided to go back to her. One of the killers lifted her head by her hair and asked her, do you still believe in God? Without hesitation, she replied, you know I do. The killer then said, then go be with him, as he shot a final bullet into her temple, killing her. At the time, I was part of a church community at my local Assemblies of God church. Being a teen, I was on what we called the fifth floor, where all the teens had their own Wednesday night get-togethers and sermons. And at this time, we were told about Rachel and her unwavering love for her Savior, We all got shirts with her name on it, as well as a quote of hers. Rachel's Challenge is something that is created and led by Rachel's father, Daryl. That is an organization that works to reduce violence. A movie was released on October 21st, 2016, called I Am Not Ashamed. And it's based on the journals of Rachel Scott. And I highly recommend this movie. So, Amanda, what is the school shooting that has resonated with you? 2007, Virginia Tech. Mm. For a few reasons. One, I have an older brother, Courtney. Yes, Courtney is his name. He is an alumni of Virginia Tech, and we used to go every weekend to visit him. I know that campus like the back of my hand. I mean, that was just like such a big part of my childhood because my brother Courtney is quite a few years older than me. So in two thousand seven, yes, he was already graduated from that campus. What year did he graduate? Two thousand three. Okay, I was just seeing how close we were, and so two thousand seven, I'm sitting on the couch in a very, very, very good friend of mine's house. She's like a second mom to me, mm-hmm. and I'm pregnant with my first child. My first child, so I'm, my emotions are already high, mm-hmm. and this news of this school shooting at a place that I hold so dear to my upbringing, and I immediately panic, mm-hmm. because I'm expecting my first child, and there's this massive school shooting. My child's not even out of the womb yet, and I'm worried about if I'm going to send him to public school. Yeah. Like, just, I was terrified for quite a few weeks before my oldest brother, Emery, was able to, like, okay, Amanda. Your son's not even born yet. Let's just calm it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I was terrified. Yeah. I can imagine. That's the one that sticks out for me. That's the one that really rattled me. Yeah. I I I remember seeing that one on the news too. It didn't resonate so much with me, although that is one of the ones I remember as a college shooting. Yeah. Uh, one of the first that I, that's really one of the only ones that I do remember. Uh, that it resonates with me. Because obviously we don't remember every school shooting. We don't remember... We know the ones that get a lot of coverage. That was one of them. It was. Um, Columbine. Got a lot of them. And I remember Columbine very, very well. And I was very sad and upset that it had happened. Mm -hmm. But something about Virginia Tech, me... Having been there so many times yeah. and walked every inch of that campus and been to the Virginia Tech football games and eaten in the cafeteria and gone to the bookstores and just yeah. out to eat. And I just felt like it was kind of like a home away from home. Yeah. And then I felt like it, it could have happened to me because, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just different. Which is why, I guess, why... Uh columbine resonated with me because i looked at rachel scott right. christian sister kind of thing i don't know any of them i've right. never been there nothing but, but it's you like, kind of talk oh something gosh. and kind yeah, of that attached yourself happened. to it yeah. yeah and i think maybe it was because like i was also in high school this is you Which know i would have been too this that's terrifying just, yeah. yeah but yeah that's why i asked you because everybody has that one and it's not the same for everybody um yeah Let's hear what James has to say about his. Okay.
1: Definitely Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was, was, um, I think that one resonated with a lot of people, um, but it definitely resonated with me. And it probably resonated for the reason because I think it was at that point that we started to realize that this school shooter thing was going to be a trend. You know, that's when we started to realize, oh, this is a trend. This is something that's going to keep happening. So that was really the moment, um, for most people that, uh, that, uh, it it just impacted them the most. For me personally, it was, it it was me just, I, I was at that point kind of tired of the school shooter thing of like the mass shooter thing. Um, and I really chose myself. I was like, I was like, all right, if this ever happens and I'm around, I'm just going running full speed at whoever it is to try to, to try to stop them to slow them down or whatever, because... Um, even offering myself because I'm like I, I just can't allow people to get get killed and stuff. So it was kind of like a, it was a, that that was that point that where I had that rat that decision of like I'm not gonna stand by and do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know. So that was the one that impacted me the most. Um, which is why though that because I made that decision, that's why the Binghamton um, civil uh, civic center shooting.
0: Oh, the American so civic center. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's why that bothered me so much is because. It happened. And I remember I was on a trip in the Poconos uh, and it was like it happened and I got the news of it and I wasn't there to do anything. It was like it happened in my town. It happened in my home. It happened, you know, a couple blocks from the school that I graduated from, you know, and it was like that that really tore me apart. So.
0: So James also said Virginia Tech. Yeah. How wild is that? I know. That's what I thought because I I talked to you first to get your answer and then I talked to him and you had told me your answer and then he told me his and I'm like, wait, <laughs> was I supposed to be choosing that one too? <laughs> did you feel left out? I did. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, that one didn't impact me as much. So I was so like, oh, okay. But, but what really? do you have to say about what he said? I... I I saw your facial expressions. I got sad and um kind of like all warm-hearted because he was so serious about oh, he's dead serious. Getting in the way or slowing that person shooter shooters oh, down. He's dead serious. And I can see him doing that. Mhm. Because that, that's the type of person that he is. That makes me a little afraid. That's why I got a little sad because yeah. But also, like, I felt. I know. I don't know. Like proud, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. I, I. I. mean, it's. It's a. It's a wow thing to do. Yes, and, and not, and that's not how he meant it. He's not trying to be showy. No, not at all. He's literally just trying to stop somebody. He would have never told anybody. That's what he had decided. No. Um, but you had asked. asked him. I had asked him, and that was literally and that was, he had already decided in two thousand and seven. That's what, like, Virginia that's what was Tech Tech do. made him decide. Yeah. So, I, <clears throat> yeah, I can't, I can't totally say I would do the same. But I, I mean, let's be uh, logical. I mean, to, if if we're in the moment, we can't say what we would do. I but like I think he knows he would he, do that. Yeah, I, I yeah, think it would be a, a moment decision of do I throw myself in front of a bullet to save people or not. I can't say that I would, I can't say that I would or wouldn't do that because right. like you're right in, in the moment, our adrenaline and your mind goes to places and I don't know. We've always been taught to stay alive, do what you need to do to stay alive. So right. I don't know. And as a, a mother, um, oh. I can't, I can't, I can't tell what I would do. I mean, I, if my I, yeah. children were in danger, you yes. fucking killing me. Yes. A hundred percent. Or my dog. I am. Yeah, I so. know. We know how you feel about your dog. My dog's birthday is tomorrow. On Halloween. Happy birthday, city. As a present, we killed an Asian lady beetle for you. And I gave her some chicken skin earlier. I'm sorry. I didn't save you the chicken skin. I gave it to the dog. I was not going to tell you that. And now I did. I'm sorry. I was going to keep it a secret. It wasn't turkey skin. You like turkey skin. I like skin. I love the skin. I want the skin. I chicken skin is good too, Amanda. It's you wouldn't put chicken skin and turkey skin in front of me and let me eat it, and I probably won't be able to tell you which one's which because I love the skin. Okay, that's not something you should really say on a true crime <laughs> podcast. I just like eating the skin. Of birds. <laughs> of turkeys. Chickens. Turkeys and chickens. What are their, <laughs> what other skin is there? Ducks? Do you eat duck skin? I never had I've duck. I've never had duck. Okay. Well, what about the uh, you know, what were they? The the par the parrot? No, nope. we don't do that. We don't we don't we're, the we're parrots from no. Bertha's episode? No, we don't nope. Alright. No. So on Alfred University's website, under news, there's an article titled Why Do School Shootings Occur? Nope, that's a lie. That's not the title. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. I added the word school. <laughs> That wasn't in there. Why do shootings occur? Students were asked to rate 16 possible reasons on a scale of one to five, with one being strongly disagree and five being strongly agree, in order to answer the titled question. So here are the top five answers out of the 16 reasons. One, they want to get back at those who have hurt them. 87% agree with that. Two, other kids pick on them, make fun of them, or bully them. 86% 86% agree. Three, they don't value life. 62% agree. Four, they have been victims of physical abuse at home. 61% agree. Five, they have mental problems. 56% agree. So, In that order? Yep. Those, that's listing one to five. The top one being they want to get back at those who have hurt them. I think that's a pretty accurate list. I feel like this can all be helped. When children are in school. But nobody does anything about the bullying. Mm-hmm. I I know that is close to you right now. I know you're having problems with that. I know. I know. So, on that note, are you good? I'm good. It fires like, me up. I feel like you're getting emotional. Do you if fires it fires me up. I'm good. It okay. fires me up. So, let's get into today's <clears throat> devastating case. And that's exactly what it is. So today we're covering the case about Kayla Rowland. Kayla? Kayla. It's an incident that took place February 29th, 2000. That's less than one year after the Columbine shooting that I actually mentioned earlier. So first I want to talk about the key people within this case. I want to say, though, I am unsure. Unsure, is that what yeah, I just said? I was said? just gonna say that. What Unassure? was that? I don't know. What I don't that know means. what that was. So I'm unsure of the spelling for the boy's name because I saw it multiple different ways. Oh, so you're not sure which way was right? Yeah. So his name is Dedrick Owens, but I saw it spelled without a K at the end and with a K at the end. So I'm I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to use the spelling that I found in an obituary for his father who later died in march of 2007 so i did see it that way with a k i think i think i've spelled it a couple different ways here now probably as long as you know what you're saying dedrick look can i just before we get into this horrible case um dedrick is the street name near me right there's a street name named dedrick street my neighbor downstairs who was an english teacher uh Andrea. Hi, Andrea. <laughs> uh, I kid you not. She, she's a ninth and 10th grade English teacher. She would always tell me like, oh, I just, I parked it on deer dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it, Andrea. And that I said, isn't... you did what? She's like, I'm parked on deer dick. And I'm like, where is that? <laughs> <laughs> you had no she's idea. She's like, it's the street that connects to ours. And I'm like, that's Dedrick." And she goes, are you sure? I took her out, and we looked at the side. She always said, Dear Dick Road, Dear Dick Street. And I'm like, that's not even close. <laughs> it's Dedrick. I don't know what to say about that. So now Tara and I just call it Dear Dick because we love Andrea, and we miss her. <laughs> I wish she would still live there. <laughs> Dear Dick. I kind of want to just go change the name of the road. Like with put, my own, put my own <laughs> letters over it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with Dedrick Owens. Dedrick was born on May 5th, 1993, in Flint, Michigan, to parents Dedrick and Tamarla. I actually have um, another insert here where, uh, because I don't know a lot about Flint, Michigan, uh, but I was there last summer. You went there? Yeah. On purpose? That's my <laughs> line. <laughs> no. I know, but why would you do that? Did you know people there? You, we just um, went there. We went through it. wasn't it. for the water quality. No. no. <laughs> uh, we went through it to tour the Ford, uh, to get to the Ford factory and museum, where they build Ford cars, you know? Oh, okay. Let's listen to what James has to say. Okay. All right, so tell me a little bit about, we're, we're in Flint, Michigan. Tell me a little bit about Flint, Michigan, because I don't really know a whole lot about it. I think the last time I heard about it, it was some sort of water situation.
1: Yeah, that's still ongoing. That's still ongoing. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. It's ter- it's ter-
0: Although, I think I do know that it's not a good area, but I, w- Michigan, <laughs> I mean, there's many places, I feel like, in Michigan that just aren't really good areas. Um,
1: well, there's a reason for that. There's a very good reason for that.
0: And the only other thing I do know is M&M. So.
1: Very good. <laughs> See? Yeah. I saw uh, 8 Mile. Actually, actually was, I'll, I'll reference 8 Mile if, if that's what people know most. Um, sure. So Flint, Michigan, as, long as, well, as well as Detroit um, right. and other areas, are known as the Rust Belt. Okay. Rust Belt, because that be, because of steel manufacturing and things like that, they were manufacturing vehicles. Um the automotive industry. Detroit was known for the, you know, what was the big 3, you know what I mean? Um you know, Ford, GM, you know. So, um in Flint, Michigan, was it was it was GM. And they were a oh my god, they employed they employed thousands. Thousands there. It built Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. It built a kind of kind of the way that um IBM and EJ did right. in the, in our community. Right. Okay? So, um if you can Use that as a reference to help you understand, too. Um, You had these companies, these big companies, kind of what Amazon would have done for, like, say, New York City if they had gotten there. You know, you get this big company and you get tons and tons of jobs. But with that comes more infrastructure and things like that and more service jobs. So more people, that's more barbers you're going to need to cut hair. That's more people you're going to need to service automobiles. That's more doctors and healthcare, nurses, things like that. More restaurants that you're going to need. You know, so the whole... The, it creates a whole industry of, of, of tons of sideline jobs and businesses and economy. That's how economies work in communities and things like that. So when it came down to Flint, Michigan and these Rust Belt areas, what ended up happening is the auto manufacturers were trying to, you know, uh, reduce the cost of labor while increasing, you know, uh, making money on it. So they started to move jobs overseas to other countries, especially um, particularly like China and things like that. Um... And what ended up happening is they did, in Flint, Michigan, they shut down GM. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it's not just the automaker that was shut down. It was all of the service industries and everything that went along with it. So now you had barbers that didn't have business. You had restaurateurs that didn't have business. You had hotels that didn't have business. You had tourist areas that didn't have business. You had all of these things happening, and it just Crippled the whole city and it crippled the entirety of the Rust Belt um, and so what ends up happening is when you have these these economic declines in communities um, what ends up happening is it gets more and more and more depressed as more and more businesses leave more and more people start to move away uh, to try and find better work things like that but there are families and there are people whose whole being was centered in that town
0: Right. Well, not everybody always has the option to move or leave. So then they're stuck and the world or city around them is just crumbling.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Crumbling infrastructure and everything else like that. So with that, people start turning to things like alcoholism, things like drug use. Mm -hmm. You get things like um, uh, rises in crime, rise in um, domestic abuse. And it becomes generational too, because it's like it's not just the the you know the the, the first generation; it's their children and their children's children. Right. That, it's really that, hard to stop after it starts. Right. Exactly. And, and 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 but it goes right on up from from the lowliest on the street. Right. The corruption runs all the way up through the whole town. You know, everybody's just trying to get their piece of something. You know, which led to the corruption in government, which in turn, as you understand, the corruption in government led to the water crisis people trying to cut ends trying to cut back deals and things like that and you end up screwing the people that live there and it's very 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 terrible um a lot of the, you, know, we were, you were talking about eight mile um in m&m you know a lot of the the art and things from the from these areas especially with like music and things like that reflect that um that desperation that angst that anger that frustration you know so if you think about eminem and his music you know talking about killing his his killing his wife and things like that you know and um you know or killing his mother and whatnot so um but you also had groups like um icp that was out of Mm -hmm. detroit you know talking about horrific things right um or like my one of my favorite bands king king 810 from actually from flint michigan who who really talk viscerally about the situation that they came up in and in the, in the, in the community around them. And, um, yeah, it's a very, very difficult place, but um, I'm hoping for the better, you know?
0: So, yeah, yeah. Flint, Michigan, Flip. Michigan in general. Not the greatest. Not the greatest. Not the Doesn't greatest have the life. greatest reputation. Right. So back to Dedrick Owens. Uh, maybe I can sum up his life in one way. I got into researching this case and knew enough about Dedrick's upbringing, but I wanted to know more. So I typed into Google, Dedrick Owens family. And I meant to put life after it, but accidentally typed love and then started crying. Oh my. Why? Because I don't think he's ever felt love in his life. Oh my God. Yeah. Knowing what I know about this case, I don't think he's ever really known love in in his upbringing. So that's why, if that tells you anything. One investigator actually put it this way. The day the boy was born, he went from hospital to crack house.
1: <gasps> no.
0: He, he never had a chance. That's, that's not okay. I'm actually, like, I know... I know the victim in this, but I'm honestly thinking that I might double title this with Dedrick's name too because uh, I do feel... We're going to get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. It's This is a rough one. Um, This is your warning. This is about children. Children. Okay. So his father is also known as Dedrick, Dedrick Owens. So I will refer to Dedrick as the boy, as young Dedrick, just to keep things understandable. Okay. So, young Dedrick's dad has plenty of children by three different women. But I'm not here to judge. Yeah. I'm yeah. not here to judge. I'm just stating that as a fact. Um, I do not know how many kids are half siblings versus whole siblings, uh, but in the obituary that I was talking about for adult Dedrick, it said his children were daughters, daughters, Deshana and Khadija, and then sons, Dedrick II and Dedrick Jr., and then D'Angelo. <laughs> wow. If I was D'Angelo, I'd be like, why do I get D'Angelo and not Dedrick? Right. So, I don't know if you did the math there. Did you mathical that? Oh, I don't mathical anything. That was five. Was I supposed to be mathicaling? Two daughters, three Boys. Boys. Uh, however, some reports say he had a total of six children, but I could not find a sixth child's name at all. Huh. So, adult Dedrick ran a trap house with his mother as a profession. No, wait. Well, I don't know what that is. A trap house? They trapped people? No. It's it's a house where they sell illegal drugs out of No. No. It's called what? a trap house. No, that's a drug house. Crack house. Trap house. Tra- trap house? You're not trapping anybody. I don't know. That's what it's That's called. That's stupid. So, however, the same obituary said that he also worked at Uno's, like so. the restaurant. Yeah. Oh. So obviously, Adult Dedrick had been jailed numerous times for cocaine profession, profession cocaine possession and burglary. Huh. In 1995, Adult Dedrick was arrested for drug and burglary charges. In 2000, he was back in jail at the time of this incident that we're talking about due to violating his parole for the 1995 arrest. I also heard that young Dedrick's paternal grandmother was jailed as well, um, but I don't know the timing of all that. To Marla, young Dedrick's mother was, quote unquote, involved in drugs. What the hell does that mean? Uh, she was definitely addicted to them, but wasn't quite, you know, selling them. Wasn't oh. in the same boat as the son's father it seems they weren't really like together together oh like i couldn't find anything about them as a unit other than producing a couple kids so i think adult Mm -hmm. dedrick and his mother lived together running the family business in the trap house while tamarla had a separate place oh so it's actually stated she was on welfare which isn't that surprising for the lifestyle she seemed to have and the area. And the area. Yeah. But through the welfare to work program in Michigan, she got two jobs. Now, I'm sure these are not like the best jobs, more like part-time minimum wage jobs. Um, and the reason I say that is because she was having trouble to pay rent with both jobs. So, her rent payment was 175 a month. <laughs> oh, you're serious? Yeah. But that was 22 years ago. So, what's that equivalent to now? Well... Glad you asked. So, with the inflation conversion done, she would only be paying three hundred one dollars and nine cents. Shut the back door. I mean, it's also Flint, Michigan, so True. I don't know. It's True. probably not a great. How area. does she get welfare and is a drug addict? I'm not sure. Huh? Uh, I pay seven fifty five now, so <laughs> I suppose the problem was she was probably spending all her money on something on drugs. Else. Yes. Um, but that's just a thought, not fact. She was an addict, so I cannot imagine she wasn't doing that. Yeah. She was convicted in 1992 for abusing one of her older children. Did it say which one? I could not find it. Not that that matters. It's still not good. I could not find too much information on that. Um, I'm not sure if it was one of hers or one of the other six children of adult Dedrick's. I don't know. However, recently, she had been evicted from where she had been living because she wasn't able to pay the rent. To pay the rent. This made her decide to send her son, Dedrick, and his eight-year-old brother to live with their uncle, Sir Marcus Winfrey. Sir? Yes. Yep. How? How did he... Sir? What? <laughs> Is that just his birth name? <laughs> Sir? I think so. On purpose? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Again, people... in Michigan. Well, I don't know. Tomato avocado. He was 21. What?! That's not that's, There was another man living there. His name was Jamel James. He was 19. He was a kid. He was a child. And so these two are going to take care of an 8-year-old and a 6-year-old. No. So. This was not a home for children. <laughs> yeah, don't say. Yeah, no, not at all, actually. It was Ugh. described as a shabby two-bedroom house at 1103 Julius Street in Mount Morris Township. The property's yard was said to be littered with vodka bottles and car parts while it seemed that strangers wandered in and out at all hours of the day and night. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. Yeah. Obviously, police think that they were there to buy, sell, and use drugs as well as guns. A neighbor, Willard Oscar. Willard? Yeah. He lived next door at the time of this case, and he said... We've been hearing gunshots at midnight and 1 a.m. It's the worst house in the neighborhood. So. Oh, my. The police were actually called by neighbors to check out what was going on at the house, but it seemed that the police never really did anything. Were they scared? I bet they were scared. And uh, CPS was never called. Never? No, because I think if they had come in and just, like, peeked their head in, they would have taken the two boys out and placed them in at least something a little bit better than whatever that was. Yeah, clearly. Even just seeing the front lawn. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. It would, yeah. Um, so there's an article for the Washington Post written by Deenan L. Brown that lays out this dilapidated home in a better way. So I'm just going to read you what this person wrote because okay. it's it really goes into it. So here it is. Quote, Go on down Julia Avenue. Look to your right. It's the house right there. The one with no screen on the front door. The one where the stained pink mattress lies next to the curb. It's the house where the residue of a condemned notice still sticks to the door frame and where a pale yellow note warns of a utility cutoff because a $247 bill is past due. The boy's mother, recently evicted from her own rented house nearby, had dropped off her two small sons to stay with their uncle and a family friend. The mother, a store manager at a shopping center, took her daughter, who is five, to stay with other relatives. Oh. The boys slept on the sofa while, according to police, crack addicts ran in and out, itching with need, dragging in stuff to swap for crack. Inside, a garbage bag has split open, spilling over its contents into the hallway. Footprints are left of people who walked over it and on the way to the kitchen. In the kitchen is a pan of cold, burned chicken, dry from sitting out. Inside the refrigerator are cans of soda and some spoiled milk. End quote. This sounds like a scene from a horror movie. It does. It is also said that the neighbors actually noticed that there were no toys around in the garbage that laid around either. It's almost like kids didn't live there at all. What did these boys do? Yeah, that's a very good question. So, the shit they've seen. Now, I will say that with this horrible life, because it clearly is just that, no one was taking care of the kids. No. No. Not young Diedrich or his brother at all. So for these two, they were definitely being neglected, and that not that did not change at all when they moved in with their uncle. They had to take care of themselves, which I imagine at the age of eight and six, that's hard. Young Diedrich was a first grader at Buell and some elementary school. late... I can't speech. I, can I just try that all over again? Uh huh. Repeat. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ashley on Rewind. So, (laughs) ready, go. Okay. Young Diedrich was a first grader at Buell Elementary School located in Mount Morris Township, Michigan, which is approximately five miles north of Flint. So, on Deseret, Deseret, Deseret.com, words are hard at... 7 o'clock at night. (laughs) I'm not at my full potential. In the U.S. and world section, there was an article titled Buell Elementary School Information. The article was posted the same year as the shooting, so we are going to look at the overview of it for a moment before we get into the case. The population in Mount Morris Township in 2000 was 25,000. Okay. Buell Elementary falls under the Beecher Community School District, and they had about 1,800 children living below the poverty line. Oh my gosh, that's so many. This is about half of the district's school age population. So according to some figures I found in 2000, federally, the poverty line was at $17,050 for a four-person family. About five hundred children attend Buell Elementary located in the area of neat, small, single family homes. Other parts of the township appear more run down with dilapidated homes and boarded up storefronts. I mean, we kind of had that around here too. I mean, that's not much different from Binghamton. We have those areas. We do? You you've never seen those areas? I don't go in those areas. She's like, I don't. I don't. I, don't I shop at Target because I'm bougie. Can't disagree with that statement because <laughs> it is very true. <laughs> She's like, I don't go to Binghamton. I go to Vestal, <laughs> <laughs> Where there's clear, concise storefronts. And the only time I think you ever come to J.C. is to see me. Accurate. And I think boarded up store friends, I mean, look at our mall. But they're fixing it. They're fixing it. We'll see. So we're getting dicks. Store. We're we're getting dicks. We're getting the biggest dicks.
1: Dicks originated
0: in, in Binghamton. Yep. Uh, the but biggest dicks is going to be there. Yes. Where it's mm-hmm. going to be fantastical. Okay. testicle. D- I don't know what I'm saying. Continue with the dicks. I mean, the... Yeah, so explicit, huh? (laughs) Okay. So Dedrick had been singled out at school as needing help. Oh, okay. So now I'm unsure if he was being seen to establish (coughs) what we now call an IEP or a 504 plan Mm -hmm. or a combination of both. But I do know that there was a note in the affidavit from the social work department. That had called the boys as living in a dangerous environment. You Don't say. And being at imminent r- risk. risk. That word does not want to come out at 7 p.m. Nope. So again, this just kind of solidifies that his home life was not really great at all. According to school officials, they said that Dedrick was previously suspended for school. From school. A total of three times. And was regularly made to stay after school for, quote, unquote, saying the F word, flipping people off, and pinching and hitting. Mind you, he's six. And that's all he sees. That's all he knows. Yeah. Not right. Still needs to be suspended for it, but I'm just saying. Right. Six. That's younger than our youngest children. Yes. Earlier in the school year of 2000, it is reported that Dedrick had stabbed a classmate with a pencil. Although school officials do not say whether it is actually true or not, but just keep that in your mind. It's actually a little difficult to hear that this little six-year-old boy is having such bad issues. I know that Landon has had issues last year. Uh, He stabbed a water bottle, not a human. Well, I mean, steps, you know, we're dealing with it. Uh, But I don't see anybody working on this except maybe at the school. Yeah. So I'm unsure what the adults at school were like with him. Not every school is as hands-on. Uh, sometimes kids are pushed aside and not worked with. In this case, I do not think it would have made much difference because his home life was so bad. Um, you know, father in and out of jail. When he is out, he isn't doing anything to take care of his kids. So he's completely absent. A mother who has pawned her two kids off to their uncle and cannot provide for her other one due to her addiction. A five-year-old daughter who went to live with other family. His paternal family seems to be MIA as well as his maternal side, except for the uncle. Uh, The uncle he lives with, you know, isn't taking care of the two kids and uh, now has in his custody. Uh, He's also worried, you know, kind of about drugs, guns. Yeah, who knows what else. So, let's move on to the next person. Okay. The next person in the story is Kayla Rowland. Roland? It might be Roland. There isn't a whole lot I could find on Kayla as far as her life, but I do want to say that while this family was not rich by any means, they were much better off than Dedrick's family. Oh. Kayla was born on May 12, 1993 in Mount Morris, Michigan, to parents Veronica and Ricky. She had two older siblings, a sister named Elizabeth, who in 2000 was 11 years old, thanks to uh, just my handy dandy mathical skills. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I had to do a little mathicaling there. Um, and she had a brother who I could not find any information about, but I'm assuming he was like in between Elizabeth and Kayla. So I think Kayla was the baby of the family. Um, eventually, though, at some point, her parents were no longer together. And her mom went on to marry Michael McQueen, which is who she was with at the time of this case. Kayla was known as KK to her family. She was spunky, full of life, headstrong, and liked to ride her bike that had pink wheels. Ooh, fancy. She loved pizza and teddy bears and Barney. That's scary. Barney. Yes. Yes. Well. This was. I love you. Stop it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we yeah, did just talk about that. We did just that's talk about that. terrifying. Yes.
0: Uh, but she's a little girl in the 2000s who loved Barty. Uh, she was said to be a bright student who excelled at reading for her age. Oh. A family friend named Yvonne Young described Kayla by saying she was a little tomboy. She didn't really care for Barbies. She never wore a dress. And she was just so full of life. We always told her that she was going to be the first woman president. Aww. Yeah. So, on February 28th, 2000, Dedrick set his sights on her. He had himself... A crush. Aww. Kayla was also six, and also in the same class as Dedrick. Some reports say that Dedrick tried to kiss Kayla on the playground. No, that's not okay at six. No. Mm, I know. But then again. They're little kids. They're little kids, and what has he been seeing? He's probably seen a lot more than kissing. Yeah. Well, she wasn't having it. <laughs> Good for you. And so, what happened next is kind of really anyone's guess. Some say that she straight up told him no, although he later said she slapped him. Either way, she rejected it. He did um, not like that, did he? Yeah. So after being embarrassed by this, he later told other kids he wanted to get back at her by scaring her, which seems very six-year-old. Yeah. Scare. Yeah. So that same evening, barely hidden in a pile of blankets within the house. Dedrick spotted a Davis P32-32 caliber handgun. What? Yeah. So according to the Davis site, this gun is their original pocket pistol. Like like it goes in your pocket on purpose? Yeah. Little, Why? Little Why would you need a pocket, pocket in your pistol. Pistol with p- pocket pistol? Actually, great question. Let's see what James has to say about it.
1: Uh, the Davis P32 was known as a pocket pistol. Okay, so it's basically a small, smaller caliber a uh, smaller size concealable firearm that you can just it's easily slip in your pocket. Um, to give a good description for people that don't, they can't see it right now, mm-hmm. if you were to look at it, it looks kind of similar to if you can imagine James Bond's like Walter, okay, his, his, his little the little pistol people's out, little pocket pistol just slides in your pocket, easily concealable and stuff like that. People used to carry it. They used to call them um, a uh, Saturday Night Special because. You know, you would go pick up this cheap because it was cheaply made. It was cheaply made and very economical, so um, people would just pick it up as something to have to carry around for them for protection on the weekends, things like that. The thing about the Davis P32, though, is that it's it's a very uh, cheaply made. Um, it was part of a there was a there was a, a growing um, group of, of of firearm manufacturers in California known as the quote unquote Ring of Fire guns. Okay. And these are companies like Jimenez and, and other companies that, they, they made their, they were, they were making economical firearms, but they were very poorly made, and um, generally containing like zinc in the metallurgy, and that would cause like barrel, like uh, things like um, slides to crack, things like that. So, um, a lot of problems with these firearms, especially over extended use and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just a cheap firearm. Um, they're uh, not very well. Not very well made. Um collectors now do collect them because the, the Ring of Fire guns are collectibles, um, to which people like to have in their arsenal and stuff, but they're they're not a a um they're not considered a decent uh uh everyday carry gun. Um you generally want to pay for something better, you know. Um, but it does get the job done unfortunately.
0: Okay, so this gun in particular mm-hmm. Uh was stolen from a man who had bought it mm-hmm. he had like a whole arsenal of guns um and the robber had stolen this gun and then it ended up in the hands of i'm assuming these were like they were dealing drugs and somehow he may have like owed something and they gave him the gun and that's the one he gave them
1: as a per as a as payment sure, yeah, yeah.
0: So it was almost like, I guess, I guess to me, it would be like the pocket change of guns. Like, this is, this is, this is the pocket change that I have. (laughs) This is the tiny gun I have. (laughs) Do so? can you do something with this?
1: Um, you know what? It was, well, that would be a thing though, um. It's, that was one of the big things about the the Davis the Ring of Fire guns is they were really really popular with the criminal element, mainly because they were so cheap. You can just go get one, you know, and um, so to like pass one off for a couple bucks for uh, couple, some 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 drugs or something like that, or to, as a as a you know a um, you know a prepayment or down payment or you know on 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 drugs or something like that. That's yeah that 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 goes right along with the narrative. That's exactly what they would have done.
0: Okay, so yeah, just it's a tiny gun. I don't understand why you would need a pistol in your pocket. It's just a little tiny concealable thing. Why? They still make little tiny ones. A lot of women like small little; they can stick it in their purse. I don't understand. I don't, don't want to be anywhere where I may need a firearm to go out into the public. I don't want to be there. I don't want. I don't want to go there. <laughs> but what about just no? What if that Anchors, comes to no. you? No. Okay. Answer is no. So... It scares me. Little Dedrick had seen guns before. It is actually noted that he saw them so often and saw it being handled improperly, such as being twirled on a finger. That is possibly why he thought in his little mind that this is not dangerous. Oh my God. The message they're sending to this child. Yeah. It's just like a toy to him. So usually the first question that comes to mind was, was this gun purchased legally? The short answer is yes, it was. The gun- Serious? I would have so guessed no. Well, that's why I said the short answer is yes. Oh. The gun actually initially belonged to a barber in the area who did obtain it legally for $109 and then added it to the other legal guns he owned. However, during a burglary- Somebody stole it. This gun, as well as others, were stolen. So then a few months after the burglary, the Davis P-32 gun was in new hands. A man came to Dedrick's uncle, Marcus, Sir Marcus, looking to exchange the gun for $40 worth of weed. (laughs) Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Take the cheap pistol and get you some drugs. Yep. So the next day was leap day. February 29, 2000, and it was just another day in the household for the Roland children. Elizabeth said that she felt as though she had to be the one to take care of her younger siblings, even though she was young herself. Remember, she was 11. Yeah. So this day in particular, Veronica had to be to work by 4 a.m. Oh, wow. Elizabeth said, quote, I remember that morning. I was so angry with Kayla because she was a kid who didn't want to go to school. And I had the responsibility of doing the mom thing because I was the oldest. Unquote. So she got her brother and sister together and they headed to school. Dedrick was also going to school that day. And he was still upset about the fact that he was rejected by Kayla the day before. On this day, though, he walked the two blocks from his uncle's home to his elementary school with the gun in his pocket. Oh, my. As well as a knife. Oh, my God. So, earlier, when I was listing times that Dedrick got into trouble, I failed to mention that he had a run-in with somebody named Chris Boaz. Chris was a seven-year-old that got punched in the stomach by Dedrick one day because Chris refused to give him a pickle. Hey! I can see punching somebody in the stomach for not giving me a pickle. No, we're not supposed to do that. Oh. But what if the pickle was really big and juicy? Tell me more about this big, juicy pickle. It would be so good. And it was garlic dill. (gasps) Oh, it's making my mouth water. Wow. All right. So on the way to school that morning, with the gun and knife, Dedrick and his brother, who was walking with him, got into a fight with Chris's 10-year-old uncle. (laughs) Wait, what? You mean like with words? Like they were just, or like a fight fight? Oh, I thought you were worried about the 10-year-old uncle. Oh, he's 10? (laughs) I just heard uncle, and I'm like, oh, uncle. No, okay, no. So he's, he's 10. Why is he Why is he 10? What happened there? I don't know. I wasn't part of the family tree. That's so weird. sticking up for Chris, his uncle punched Dedrick in the stomach. Dedrick then said, do you want me to take my gat out and shoot you? No, he didn't. Yeah, so I have questions. A gat? How does he know what that is? Thank you. You do? Oh, I'm a little surprised. I've seen movies. I've seen... Oh, not ones with trap houses. Well, I never heard of that. So clearly he has heard this word used. Does he even know what gat means? Does he even know that it's actually called a gun? Or does he actually think that it's called a gat? I don't know. So it is not really reported what happened after this exchange. It seems like the boys just went on with their lives and went to school. Oh, Um, I would imagine that there is more to this part of the story, especially if people or even kids in the area know that a gat is a gun. Yeah. I can imagine a 10-year-old boy saying something like, boy, you don't have a gat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can't imagine it just stopped. Right. But the 10-year-old got away unscathed, so I'm assuming that just hearing that there may be a gat made him nope the hell out of that confrontation. Good for you, buddy. So now everyone is at school. Another child, a student, reported to a teacher that Dedrick had the knife. The teacher confiscated it, but failed not to report it to administration. Why? You're not helping anybody if you're not doing your job. I, and you work in an elementary. I do. Yeah. I, with about this age. I, yeah. 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 Uh, so with him not being having it been reported, he wasn't sent to the office. So I'm not here to point fingers or state what ifs or should haves, but in theory, had Dedrick been sent to the office, they would have performed a search yeah, and then found the gun that he was also carrying. Yep. I do want to know what was going on in this teacher's mind to just kind of dismiss the situation. Uh, maybe it wasn't a big knife. Maybe it was a pocket knife. Uh a knife is a knife, darling. I'm that's sorry. literally my next line, but a knife is a knife. And if we're being honest here, the boy recently stabbed someone with a pencil. Uh, yeah. Maybe not allow him to get away with weapons at all. I Maybe think a paper clip might be a little bit much for him. Hell, if he had a paper clip and he untwisted it, i am sending you to the office. Yeah. So, like I just said, you and I both work in school districts. My school district is a lot more um, questionable than yours. Uh, I just had a student... more people living below poverty. Yeah, I just had a student last year with a knife on the bus. Uh, I cannot say why the student brought it or their intentions, but I was alerted by other students who saw it, and then I confiscated it and had to turn her in. She was immediately taken to the office where she was sent home and then later suspended for the rest of the year. I can't help but think that the following events from here on out that happened in this case could have been stopped. As for the gun... It had been reported that numerous students had seen the gun in Dedrick's possession and told multiple teachers, but nobody did anything. Why? No one asked Dedrick to see it. No one asked him for it. No one sent him to the office. Maybe they didn't believe the students. It doesn't matter. But let's be honest, you just took a knife from him, so... Anything like that. If any student ever came up to me and said, oh, so-and-so has a weapon... Even if I really honestly knew that that wasn't true, I'm still checking. Well, let's just say this. Saying someone has a gun in school is like yelling fire on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. You you check. Yes. So, especially since, you know, less than a year before this, Columbine occurred. Exactly. I know that we're talking about six-year-olds, but... Clearly, it doesn't matter. I mean, look at the area. Take a hint. Again... This was not taken seriously because it is in Flint, Michigan, or perhaps it's just because it's a first grader. I don't know. Um, but I don't really care because I think the school failed their jobs yep. to keep these kids safe, 100%. plain and simple. Yep. So the kids were getting ready to change classes. They were heading from the classroom where they did reading to a like, computer room. At the time, most of the students were now in the hallway lining up while a few others lingered in the classroom. The children's teacher, Alicia Judd, had gone into the hallway to quiet down the children who were out there probably getting in line and talking because, you know, kids. Yep. Um, And there were just a few left in the room. So the ones in the room are not named aside from Kayla and Dedrick. But there were a few other children in there who witnessed the events. Some of the accounts state that there was an argument between Kayla and Dedrick. According to kids in the classroom, Dedrick swung the gun around, pointing it at two girls who are not named. The girls called him out by saying, Jesus don't like you to point guns at people. You go girls. I know, right? So I think he just kind of put it away after that. But when the class was finally ready to head up to the second floor, Kayla had been standing ahead of Dedrick walking up the stairs he spoke directly to her and said I don't like you but you just tried to kiss me the day before the day before so she turned to him and was like so <laughs> you okay go, you go girl so then in front of 22 total students and the teacher Dedrick pulled out the gun and shot one bullet did he realize what he was doing did he know I don't That we're gonna get into that The round entered Kayla's right arm, but then traveled through her body and severed an artery. She grabbed her stomach and then her neck and was having considerably a hard time breathing. Another student said that Kayla said, I'm dying, before she didn't speak anymore and then closed her eyes. After firing the gun, Dedrick quickly threw it in a nearby garbage can before running to the nearest bathroom to hide Another teacher followed him in and found him cowering in the corner. Right after hearing the shot, the teacher, Alicia Judd, ran to Kayla's side and then used her cell phone to call 911 at 9.53 a.m. I would play that audio for you, but after listening to it several times myself, it's actually hard to decipher what's being said. However, I do have the transcripts. So, Amanda, I want you to read as either... The teacher or the dispatcher? Which one would you like to be? The teacher. Okay, you're going to be the teacher. I will read as the dispatcher. I have a student at Buell School that is dying. I need an ambulance immediately. Where's the child that has been shot? Right here on the floor in my class. Oh, God, please. She's getting white. The little girl is getting white. Is she breathing? No, she's not. Do you know how to do CPR? Yes, but I don't remember. Where is the child that shot her, ma'am? He's in the office. He's in the office? Yes, I can't feel her pulse. Okay, let me tell you how to do CPR, okay? Okay. Where was she shot? I can't tell. I'm scared to turn her body. Oh, God, please, Lord, please, Lord. Ma'am, where is the blood coming from? I can't tell. She's laying on her stomach. Has she been shot in the head? No, it doesn't look like it. It looks like she's shot from the front. She's shot from the front? I can't feel her pulse, but she's moving. Okay, but she definitely is a student? But she's convulsing, minor convulsions. She's trying to get air. What room are you in? I'm in room six, but I can't feel pulse. So when paramedics arrived on scene, Kayla was bleeding out. She was rushed to Hurley Medical Center in cardiac arrest. She was pronounced dead at 1029 a.m. Her mother, Veronica, received notification that her daughter was taken to the hospital. However, I'm unsure of what the notification entailed because as Veronica was going to the hospital, she thought that Kayla had a minor injury. Oh, my God. It seems that she was not told what was happening or the extent of it. When she finally was told about Kayla's condition, Veronica screamed, where is my baby? When she was taken to see Kayla, she held her daughter's lifeless body and cried, please wake up. Veronica then went to the middle school And got her other two children And explained to them what had happened Elizabeth recalled I remember she was blue And I remember telling her that she was playing a game And to wake up It's just a game So while Veronica lost her daughter And was dealing with that Radio stations were reporting about the shooting With limited information Adult Dedrick was in jail and listening to the reporting when he says he instantly knew that young Dedrick was involved. He later got confirmation when he called his mother later on. And I found this crazy. Out of a school of tons of kids, what made him think that his six-year-old son did this? Yeah, why, why? Why not any of his other kids that went there? Why not another kid not related to him? I get that this kid was having problems. I also understand that no one did anything to help him. So much so that the father instantly pinpointed that it was his young Dedrick that did this. I just don't get how every adult failed this kid and therefore failed to protect Kayla. So later after this incident, adult Dedrick was interviewed on Good Morning America. Oh my god. He said, I feel bad for the other family. I wish, it wouldn't. I wish it would have never happened. The only thing I feel responsible for is not being there in his life like I'm supposed to be like a father every day. Whoever was living in that house and had those guns in the house should be responsible for the shooting. I do know one thing. Once I get out of here and get my head straight, I will try to get help for my son. At the station... At the police station. I got you. Dedrick was playing with a typewriter. Oh, let's just let him play with things because that goes so well. And he drew pictures. And I'm going to post one of the photos that he drew. I am not sure if this photo is in direct correlation with what happened that day or if it's something else. But it is clearly disturbing. So, it's, 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 I'm unsure what the photo's of. Like, it's a six-year-old drawing. Um, like I said, we will post it. I just showed you, Amanda. Did anybody ask him to explain the photo? Not that I could find. Gotcha. Uh, Dedrick was entertaining officers by counting to 10 to prove that he could. He then told police that Kayla was shot not by him, but by another classmate. They ended up giving him a McDonald's Happy Meal, and after eating it, he answered more questions. Then he told the detective he accidentally shot Kayla with the gun he found in his uncle's house. So the police had taken the boy into custody within minutes of the shooting. They had the murder weapon and even a confession, but the prosecutor was left with the decision about how to proceed. According to Wikipedia, in the United States, the average or the age varies between states, being as low as six in like South Carolina and seven in other 35 states. 11 years is the minimum age for federal crimes. Oh, wow. Michigan is one of the 35 states that it's seven years old. So this kid is six. So like I said, we'll get to our opinions at the end of this about how we feel or what should have been done or anything. Yeah. The, prosecutor, the prosecutor, prosecutor, yeah, that one. He did not prosecute Dedrick because of his age. So he described meeting Dedrick and said he had no front teeth. Where were they? He's six. They fell out like a six-year-old's teeth do. Oh, I thought you meant like they were like his adult teeth, but they were gone. No, he's just proving a point. This okay. is a baby. Baby. Got you. Okay. He also said he was coloring and talking about the Easter Bunny. This kid wasn't born to be a killer, is what he said. The prosecutor did charge the 19-year-old family friend who lived with the uncle. You don't say. Jamel James spent two and a half years in prison after pleading no contest to involuntary manslaughter. Tamarla Owens was charged with child neglect after the shooting, but eventually that case was dismissed. Shouldn't have been. Veronica was invited to the White House, where she participated in the Million Mom March, which focused on the push for stricter gun control. But she later lost custody of her two surviving children after a judge ruled that she had failed to protect them. From what? I'm really not sure because I could not find anything about it and it kind of just doesn't make any sense to me. If it's related to this case, I don't get it. I have no idea what happened. Oh my god. Uh, Veronica sued Beecher Community School District, claiming officials there knew the boy who shot Kayla was a threat and that at least one teacher knew he had brought the gun to school. A federal judge dismissed the lawsuit. Oh, my. Saying that the district and the teachers were not at fault. No. I'm sorry. I know it's to way to the end. I don't. I disagree. Kayla's mother, Veronica, died in 2016 of... Anahistamine. Antihistamine. <laughs> what you really can't speech today. I don't think I can ever say that word anyway. An- anahistamine? Yeah, but it doesn't look like that when it's spelled out. It doesn't. Ace Taminhofen. That's that's it. If we're going with how it's spelled, that's it. So toxicity. According to her death certificate, that's what it says. Hmm. She toxicity of that. Kayla does have a find-a-grave site, and I also noticed a star near her name, which I guess I've never even looked on others. Uh, it turns out it means that her memorial is famous, and I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, I'm, I'm unsure how to feel about that, too. Yeah. I don't... I mean, it obviously, it's on things like John JonBenet Ramsey's as well, but... Right. I don't know why we're putting little stars against famous dead people. Why do we need to do that? Or murdered children or murdered anybody. I don't know why, why we're do doing we, that. Why are we doing that? I'm very interested. That unsure. doesn't need to be happening. I mean, it, you know what it feels like to me? Like the verification check on yes, TikTok? Yes, yes. Absolutely. We verified that this is that dead person. Well, great. Now we need to go verify if all the other dead people are who they say they are. I mean, that's just. Are so there stupid. dead people imposters? Is anybody out there posing to be these people? Probably. Somewhere. Some, somewhere that's happening. But as dead people? Yeah. Because we're very... It's so much. I have so many questions. So, but it does say that she's buried in Pine Grove Cemetery in Tuscola... Tuscola County with a stone that recalls her as a beloved daughter never forgotten. Later, Dedrick and his siblings were sent to live with an aunt feel like that should have been done in the first place. What kind of aunt is it? Uh, I'm going to go with a decent one because oh. Dedrick was enrolled in a private school in Flint, Michigan just a few months after the shooting. So I'd say it's a decent aunt. Why the kids weren't sent there in the first Why place was it is she beyond me. First. I don't know. We decided to go with a 21 and 19 year old living in a house that should have just been condemned. <sighs> No information was, like, ever released about the details of this. Um, and I do believe they, like, they they didn't say where he was or they may have even changed his name a little bit. But I, I'm I don't sure. think that's true. I think they just didn't say where he was. They were trying to keep him safe. So, Buell Elementary became a place where no one fell safe in. You don't say. And enrollment numbers fell. The school closed in 2002. And, of course, as it sat untouched in Michigan, people began targeting it for arson. And in 2009, it was finally demolished. Court records showed that 26-year-old Dedrick because, you know, Mm -hmm. this happened then, was charged with second-degree home invasion and larceny in a building stemming from April 23rd of 2012. And in place called bay city house two others were charged as co-defendants they allegedly stole shoes a laptop and an ipod yes ipod because that's what it was then uh he pleaded guilty to a lesser charge and was sentenced to two years probation as of now he's not so easy to find um, but this is the case of dedrick owens and so uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Amanda. I agree with him not, him not being charged. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I said I think I want to name this Dedrick Owens and Kayla Rowland. Because um, I feel like they're both victims. They're both victims in this. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, did he know what he was doing when he took the gun to school? Did he know that guns are dangerous? It would seem no. I can't guarantee that he knew that guns were dangerous. No. But he also took a knife, so I'm a little, but I, again, I don't I know. I feel like those things were so prevalent and such a normal part of his every day. Yeah. That he and his six-year-old mind thought they couldn't be that dangerous or these people. Wouldn't, wouldn't be twirling it. Right. Or wouldn't be showing it to me, a child. Well, just mind you, it can't be that dangerous if we're just putting it on the floor. Under our blanket. Mixed in with laundry. Like. He wasn't shown, this is dangerous, this can hurt people. No. This is what you do here, this is what you do here, you don't act like this. Even though that pickle looks good, we don't punch people for it. Like You know what I mean? But I feel like punching somebody, and not condoning it, but I feel like punching somebody in the stomach over a pickle is very kid-like. It is. 100%. I mean, maybe punching in the stomach, but like. I have kids that are like, I kicked. To him because he looked at me right so exactly so i feel like but to progress to like stabbing to somebody with the pencil that's a little bit of a progression but again we're not doing anything about it uh then we are told as adults that so-and-so has a gun and we're just like well we took a knife away from earlier but maybe it wasn't even the same teachers because that teacher didn't alert anybody so maybe it was a different teacher who didn't know about the knife Why why are they why are the teachers not alerting each other or talking or having team meetings? These kinds of things, especially in now in 2022, we know we know this kid. We know oh of this kid. Well, right, but remember the knife situation happened the same day as the gun, so there wasn't time for team meetings. But that teacher should have been didn't tell anybody. anybody. She just took the knife. No, so nobody knew. So I don't know if that's the same teacher who heard about the gun. I'm. I don't think it was Alicia Judd who it ha- who took the knife. I don't know for when. certain. And whoever took that knife should have had him off to the side, gotten his cubby or his backpack, went through it, taken said items and child to the office. That's Shh. what should have happened. That teacher is at fault. That school district is at fault. Would have, could have, should have. Can't Absolutely. take it back, but that's that's and I agree. And that is exactly why I think he's also a victim here. Absolutely. Um there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He right but. from the hospital, the day he was born, he he lost. Yeah, he lost. You're right. Absolutely. He lost. He lost. Mm-hmm. Um Yep. I I do want to say that. By no means am I saying that it is okay for what he did to Kayla. Absolutely not. But this was a baby, and that's why I mentioned some things. Like the judge going, he had no teeth. He's a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, Or him playing with a typewriter at the police station, and you were like, why are we letting him play with things? He's talking about the Easter Bunny. He was counting to 10 to prove he could do it because he's six, and that is what he has learned. He's being... A child. He's a child. I think convicting um or charging the nineteen and twenty one year old, best decision yep. ever. Yep. I do not think I I mean was the mother to Marla at fault? Yes and no. I don't know why she decided to put them into this care. I would need a little more backstory and information on her But as the information that we do have on her, she doesn't really make me very happy. No, but I don't think these people should have been reproducing in the first place. Not even a little I also don't know why we decided to have his father on Good Morning America instead of, oh, I don't know, Kayla's family. Why are we, yeah, why are we doing that? He was in jail during this. Why are we having him up here? He's not like a stand-up parent. No. And he's like, well... I wish I could help, but I'm in jail. And when I get out, I still gotta where get were my you head for, straight. So where were you for the first six years? Oh, that's right, in the trap house. He wouldn't have. Where were you when no. when 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 they they got evicted? Where were you then? Why didn't you step up and be like, "I'll take them. They're my children." Couldn't no. Good. Because he was too busy at the trap house and getting jailed. Because that was number one to him. And the mother. Right. So I don't want to hear you coming on Good Morning America that you want to do... They should have just given their children up for adoption or place them in foster care. Um, what we really need to be doing is... It's just not reproducing. Not reproducing. We either take precautions to not have children or we just stop having sex. Because yeah. oh, six kids on purpose... Maybe not, but kind of. I th- When you're not using the protection, it's on and purpose, it's on purpose that's what because happens. that's what happens. You are willingly trying to pass go and collect babies. <laughs> that's not how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You stick your ding in there. You be trying to have kids without protection, that's what you get. You get little, little things from the seagulls. No? What are are they? What are those? Storks! Stokes. Storks. 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 They be bringing the babies. Yes. So, maybe, let's not reproduce. Cover your wang with some rubber. Wang cover. (laughs) Rubbers. That, That too. And then, we can talk. But if you just go in in the nude, you know, just Whipping it about into anywhere <laughs> that'll openly take it, then <laughs> kids, <laughs> babies, and then you have to go. Well, shit, trap house life, no good for these little youngsters. But so, I mean, that's, that's not to what we did. Over to my uh, brother over there. That's not what we did. So then we decided. Hmm, my youngster here. Decided to uh, do something wrong. I'm gonna go on the TVs and I'm gonna tell them that I should have done right by him. And uh, once I get out of here and get my head straight, I will. Yeah. No, When's not a, that? That's. I you, don't think that ever actually happened. Cause guess what? He went on to do more criminal things—not killing, but yeah, yeah, robbing. I can say I'm happy that he downgraded and not turned into a serial killer. But because that's what he could have done. I'm really not gonna give him a pat on the back. No, I'm not still... either. But I, he could have turned into a very dangerous person. I think. Oh, absolutely. Could have Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So could've, he could end up far worse. I mean, at this point, take my iPod because I got away with my life. You can have it. You can, maybe but... you could sell it for some new sneakers. I don't know. I don't. Just well, they stole. The, he stole the sneakers too. So oh, that's um, right. Maybe one of the co-defendants took those. I don't know. I I don't know who decided who got what there. They better have been good sneakers, because I would have been pissed. Like, you took a laptop. Who got the laptop, the iPad, and the sneakers? They better have been, like, made out of gold or something. Sneakers. Yeah, something. They were probably Skechers. <laughs> <laughs> that poor. They were Reeboks. That poor person must have needed. They must have been really. Maybe they were Jordans. I bet they were Jordans. Hmm. I bet you they were. Dragons. They were probably from Walmart. They were Walmart sneakers. Was Walmart back then? I think when w- did Walmart start? Walmart's been around for a very long time. I remember Walmart being new when I was young. Then why did you just ask if it's been around then? This was in the This was like 2012 when the sneaker thing happened. Right. So when I was Oh, yeah, 2012. I, yeah. Would, I was thinking like 99, 97. Uh, now I need to know when Walmart, what do we say? Walmart established. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Oh! Okay. 95? No! 98? This is a fun game. <laughs> 96? I'm getting bored with it quick. Uh, It started in Rogers, Arkansas? I knew that. July 2nd, 1962. 60. 62. No, well, that's not right. When did... It, okay, but when did when did they expand into other areas of the United of the States? I don't know. The first one was built in 19... Holy sheep eggs. Look at that. That... <laughs> That looks Western. I'm telling you guys, go Google that. The home of Walmart Distribution Center General Office. Look at that one. Oh, this is a fun game. I wonder what Target looked like back. Ah! <laughs> the lights went out. <laughs> I've never been so scared in my life. <laughs> I feel up the wall while we do this, and then my arm just. All right.